Hey everyone, this is Coach Allie with the Powerhouse Podcast, bringing you this week's episode 156. This is week one of our pageant newbie series, What Pageant Should I Compete In? Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast, hosted by sisters, former Miss Nebraska's and a Miss Nebraska USA, and expert coaches Allie Swanson-Mancuso and Megan Swanson-Rhodes. Every Tuesday, we bring you a life-changing, challenging, and activating episode to help high-achieving women win their pageants, massively transform their mindsets, and dominate all aspects of life, including elements both inside and what most consider traditionally as areas outside of pageantry. Allie and Megan coach high-achieving women in all 50 states and beyond and live to see women conquer their dreams. If you're not already part of our Powerhouse Club, join the fastest-growing group of winning pageant queens on the planet, linked in the show notes every single week. Now, let's get on to this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is Coach Allie with the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm really excited to bring to you a new series that we're going to do for the next three weeks, our pageant newbie series. So we get this question a lot from girls just starting out in pageantry or girls who have been in a certain pageant system and maybe questioning trying something new, but they don't really know a lot about another pageant system. So today we're going to talk about what pageant should I compete in? So my goal here for you today is to give you an overview of a couple different pageant systems, both in the United States and actually internationally, and let you decide really which pageant system is good for you. So we're going to go over the typical areas of a pageant and a little bit about the history of each of these pageants. So there's definitely differences between each pageant system, and it's really important to understand that before you are choosing to compete in one certain system or another. So there are some pageants that are more scholarship based. There are some that that are more optionals based, some that are no scholarships, more modeling, some that are a little bit more um, classified as a beauty pageant rather than like a scholarship opportunity. So we're going to unpack that on a basic level. Obviously, I think I could talk about each one of these pageant systems like for several hours, but we don't have time for that. So in general, I'm going to try and give you a synopsis of those things. So the most common areas of pageant competition um, overall are private interview, evening gown, swimsuit or fitness, and onstage question. Miss America, as well as their teen program, however, has um, a talent portion, and they're really pretty well known for that aspect of it because there's not a lot of pageants that do actually include talent. So that's something that makes them unique. Whereas international pageants are known for incorporating maybe a costume portion where the contestant must wear and model an outfit depicting their home country and then walk it down the runway. So what changes pageant to pageant actually is the style of the interview, the length of your interview, swapping talent for fitness, maybe for the Miss America program, like I mentioned, and then actually the qualifications for the type of girl that they are looking for in that system. So the most common pageant areas of competition are interview, evening gown, swimsuit, and onstage question. If you're competing in pretty much any pageant outside of Miss America, I would say they're going to have at least some of those elements if not all of them. So it's a pretty good synopsis of what you're going to get yourself into if you're listening to this and you're like, I have literally never done a pageant in my life. 
that is mostly what you can expect um, as far as knowing the categories in question. So some pageants are scholarship competitions, some are beauty pageants, where the winner works more as a model or a brand ambassador or a spokeswoman. Some pageants require a platform for their participants and some honestly don't. Some also require an element of community service, whereas some pageants don't see that as a necessity, but it's a great asset for most pageants, I would say. Um, in general, there are also a list of qualifications that you have to meet. And this is a pretty consistent standard for every teen and miss pageant. So if you are not a missus, so you're a miss, that means you have to be unmarried, never have had a child, you've never been married or divorced. And then also it's pretty typical that they make you sign something or confirm that you live within that state or country that you're competing in. And also that you've never had any issues with the law or been in prison or have any kind of record. And then kind of the flip side of that, more positively, they want girls to have various accolades scholastically within your career or within your area of expertise, like an advocacy cause, something you're passionate about, maybe a nonprofit or a career field, like you're a doctor or a lawyer or a philanthropist or, or something that really impacts other people in a positive way. They want to hear about that in pretty much any pageant that you're competing in. So think about those things in regards to you. And number one, if you qualify for competing in that certain pageant system and what else you could communicate about your accolades, what's very impressive about you, your, your talents, your hobbies, your skills, stuff like that. So also most national pageant systems have a specific focus or cause that they want all of their girls to be passionate about. For example, Miss Earth in the name, obviously, is environmentally conscious and puts um, advocating for Mother Earth, as they call it, above pretty much anything else. Uh, also, another example of this would be Miss America. They were known for many years for partnering with Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and it was actually a requirement for contestants to raise funds for this cause to compete in that program. The partnership has since dissolved, but this is just an example of a national partnership, and several, several, several remain with other national partnerships, specifically within the U.S. So it's really important to read the pageant's website. Oftentimes that will be advertised on the pageant's website, or you can follow the current title holder on social media because probably she's doing appearances with that national partnership or sponsorship or whatever. So it's really important to follow that national title holder and also read the website, make sure you understand what am I competing for? What type of girl are they looking for? And we're going to get into that a little bit more here. So as I said, there are definitely some famous pageant systems, both within the U.S. and internationally. So there's actually what's called the Big Four, and that's regarding international pageant systems. That's Miss Universe, Miss World, Miss Earth, and Miss International. Now, even honestly, some girls listening to this, if you are like, a tried and true Miss America girl or NAM girl or uh, Miss Collegiate or High School America, whatever. It, some girls who do pageants don't necessarily know of international pageants. And to be honest, I wish somebody would have told me about this when I was a teenager because many of you guys know my story, but I, I didn't get into pageants until later on in my life because I was a basketball player and I just was unfamiliar with this world and the opportunities that it could bring me. I tried to 
really set high goals in a lot of other areas. And I would have loved to participate in something like this sooner, but I just didn't know about it. So um, definitely something to look into. It's an opportunity to travel if you do win the United States title in any of these four categories, you could go compete in Japan or the Philippines or Taiwan, where some of these pageants are held. So definitely something to look into if you enjoy travel and you want to represent the United States on more of an international stage, which is honestly pretty cool. And the people who get to say that they've done that, I mean, what a, what a cool experience, right? So uh, the pageant, the thing to remember with international pageants are when you win your country's title, right, and you're going to the international pageant, then the standard is pretty much the same because obviously it's a singular pageant. There's lots of countries they want to run it the same. But if you look at even like the way that Miss USA is run in the Miss Universe organization um, or Miss Earth, if you really scrutinize every single country's title of how the girl wins, it could be a little bit different country to country. And that's where when you go to the international pageant, it's really important to have a team around you where you understand the rules of the game and how to compete and how they're going to do it. And an example of this actually is in the United States in general, pageants tend to focus more on the interview because we want to know who this girl is, what she brings to the table, what skills and qualities are, um, is she presenting to you essentially? And in other in other countries, in international pageants, they do tend to look at the whole more than we do in the United States. So they do care about physical fitness. The girl does have to meet a specific standard of beauty. In some of these pageants, you have to put your measurements in. And it's very different culturally than a lot of our pageants um, in the United States because we in general accept more body positivity and different shapes and sizes. And we've seen a wave of that too. So I say that because not that it's like right or wrong either um, either way, because there's a lot of cultural factors that go into that too, but just know the pageant system that you're competing in. And especially if you're not finding success in one certain system, I guarantee you there's another system out there that you're just going to love and it's really going to be your vibe and it's just going to be better for your skill set overall. So in general, again, I don't have time to go into each one of these in super, super, super detail, but high um high level view here so miss world is actually the oldest running international beauty pageant it was created in the uk in 1951 and the um the founder eric morley has had ties to miss universe miss international miss earth etc and like i said this is one of the big four international beauty pageants the current miss world is from poland and she was crowned march 16th 2022 so pretty recent to when I'm recording this podcast. And to compete for Miss World, you have to be ages 17 to 27. But again, different in the US, you have to be 18 to 26 in the US. So make sure you understand the age qualifications as well as some of those other legal things to show citizenship and proof of that within the state that you're competing or the country that you're competing for different international pageants. Next is Miss Universe. And this is one that is probably the most famous globally just because of the amount of television coverage it receives, the press that it receives. And this is also one of the big four. So people listening to this, you might be familiar with Miss USA. Miss USA, when she wins, she goes on to Miss Universe. That is the same system. Uh, it has two different governing boards. 
Um, we have Crystal Stewart, obviously, over Miss USA now in, in the U.S., and then there's a governing body of Miss Universe as well. Those are two separate things, but they feed into each other. It's one of the big four. So every year you see a different grouping of countries that compete in that for various reasons. Maybe they didn't have a candidate. Maybe the pageant was smaller in another country. But it's a beautiful opportunity for lots of countries and cultures to come together and to compete at an international level. Like literally how cool would it be to be competing against people? You speak a different language. You're trying to communicate. Like not only would that grow you personally, but it would just be a cool experience overall. So Miss Universe is an annual international beauty pageant that is run by the United States-based Miss Universe organization. It is one of the most watched pageants in the world with an estimated audience of over 500 million viewers in over 190 territories. So again, it's one of the big four. And there were a couple different licensing things or organizations that um, licensed it over the years. You can go read the history of Miss Universe. But a fun fact that I actually read, I didn't know this before researching for this podcast, but the current Miss Universe pageant was founded in 1952 by Pacific Knitting Mills, a California-based clothing company and manufacturer of Catalina Swimwear. The company was the sponsor of the Miss America pageant until 1951, when the winner, Yolanda or Yolande Betbeezy, could be pronouncing her name wrong, uh, refused to pose for publicly pictures wearing one of their swimsuits. In 1952, Pacific Knitting Mills organized the Miss USA and Miss Universe pageants, co-sponsoring them for decades to follow. So the more you know with Allie on the podcast. I honestly didn't know that. Catalina Swimwear has been um, longtime sponsor of pageants. I did know that. And I think they've been off and on with Miss America in other years as well. But a little bit of history for you there. Again, in these type of pageants, you compete in evening gown, swimsuit, private interview, and on stage question. So everyone that I'm listening right now does not have talent besides Miss America. Okay. And again, we'll go into Miss USA. So that is the USA title that feeds into the Miss Universe pageant system. So we'll have a Miss Nebraska USA, a Miss Texas USA. And in these bigger systems, you have to win actually a local to compete at state, to compete at nationals, and then you go to the international pageant. So it is a journey. And if you are blessed to make it all the way to Miss USA and compete at at, um, Miss Universe, we've just heard such wonderful stories from girls who have had that experience. And it's definitely something to set your sights on because what a wonderful thing to be able to experience in your life. Yeah. Miss USA is also the pageant that was owned by Donald Trump and was one of the iconic shows that were on um, primetime TV along with Miss America for many, many, many years. Obviously, with streaming services, it has changed a little bit just in how we view it, but very, very iconic Miss USA, Miss America right there. So Miss USA goes into Miss Universe. Okay, then we are going to go to, sorry, I'm scrolling on my notes. Miss Earth is next. So again, I mentioned the big four international pageants. Miss Miss Earth is one of those. So at the national competition of Miss Earth, you compete as a delegate from your country, and then they end up nominating four different titles. So Miss Earth is the greater hierarchy of the titles. Then we have Miss Earth Air, Miss Earth Water, Miss Earth Fire. So the Miss Earth pageant is an international environmental event channeling the beauty pageant entertainment industry as an effective tool to promote environmental awareness. So like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, 
there is a requirement for girls to advocate for the environment for this pageant. So if that is something that you're not passionate about, maybe this isn't the pageant system for you. If you were like, oh my goodness, that's my jam. I didn't know this existed. Maybe you should look into um, trying out the Miss Earth system. So we actually just interviewed somebody the other day from the Miss Earth system and she was telling us all about her journey, which is pretty cool. So, and that's an example of a national pageant or an international pageant with a cause attached to it. So everybody who participates in this organization has to do something for environmental advocacy, essentially. So there's a lot I could unpack there, but a lot on their website, you can read about more information and how to get involved. Again, they participate in those same areas. So interview, swimsuit or fitness, um, onstage question and evening gown. Yeah. Okay. Then the last one of the big four is Miss International. And this pageant I learned was actually born out of Long Beach, California in 1960. And then it actually hopped over to Japan, which is now where the organization is based out of. So it has a really interesting history with like the Olympics and things that Miss International has gotten to do over the years. So if you're interested in that, give it a read on their website. It's where I, I pulled all these stats from each one of the websites. So public information, don't take my word for it. Go research it yourself. You can see the current title holders. You can follow them on social media and see and read a little bit more about each one of these pageants. So they are beauty, goodwill ambassadors is what they say on their website. And this year they had to take a little bit of a back step because of COVID. So they have actually had the pageant for two years, but they are really, really excited to crown the new, um, Numis International this December is what it says. So excited to see who wins that and they will further the reign of Miss International overall. So excited to see that. So that concludes the big four um, with Miss International, Miss World, Miss Earth, and Miss Universe. So the more you know with Allie on international beauty pageants. <laughs> So now I want to go into a little bit more domestic, so U.S.-based pageants. We'll start with Miss America. Obviously, that's where my experience is. I was Miss Nebraska, and so was my sister. She was also Miss Nebraska USA, if you guys didn't know, listening to this. And Miss America was born on the boardwalk of Atlantic City in the summer of 1921. So it's one of the oldest, oldest, oldest pageant systems. Obviously, some of those other dates that I was mentioning were 1950s, 60s, etc. But this is 1921. So last year, and I'm recording this podcast in 2022, but last year, Miss America celebrated its 100th anniversary, which is pretty cool that a pageant's been around that long. If you've been paying attention to it at all, it's definitely changed from the original um, original foundation of Miss America and how they were posing in swimsuits and what that meant at the time being 1921 and being a woman posing for women's rights in a swimsuit compared to what they stand for today. It's definitely migrated a little bit. And originally for the longest time, Miss America was again, those same categories that I was listening before. So in private interview, swimsuit, evening gown and onstage question, but what made them different is they also included talent. So it was one extra area above any other pageant that um, we have, we was made after this, or we continue to see. And then a couple years back, actually, when I was Miss Nebraska, they changed their structure a little bit. So now 
Miss America removed swimsuit. So it does not have a fitness or swimsuit portion of competition and it kept all the other areas. And it also includes now what's called a social impact pitch. So what's different about Miss America is a lot of the other pageant systems use the word platform and that pertains to the cause or the advocacy that you are doing in your personal life, right? So for me, mine was called Cyber Smarts. I really care a lot about people being smart on social media and caring a lot about their safety and all of that. So my social impact initiative was called Cyber Smarts. Basically in Miss America, the lingo is called social impact initiative, but it basically just means your platform. So the cause um, that you're advocating towards, it's what you're going to write your paperwork on, your essays and all of that. So that is a fundamental thing in the Miss America organization. You can't win without a platform. You have to have one. And they also have an area of competition called your social impact pitch. And that's where you give a brief, brief, brief pitch. The timing determines or the timing is determined by the state too. So we've seen it from 15 seconds to 90. And if that freaks you out, it's, it's actually not that long to talk for 90 seconds. Um, it's just a couple sentences, a couple paragraphs, depending on the, the length of um, the pitch that you have in front of you. So that's what differentiates Miss America from all other pageants. And I would say, especially now, they're looking for not a beauty queen, but a spokesperson, somebody who is empowered to be who she is and also empowers other young women to dream big, um, insist that their voices be heard and really inspire change in the world around them in whatever sphere of influence they actually have. So Miss America has been around for a very, very long time. It was a household name for a long, long, long time, would always have tons of views on TV, similar to Miss USA, but just different pageant systems. And the history is there, obviously, because it's been around since 1921. So, um, Miss America is very iconic, just like Miss USA is in pageant culture and pageant history, specifically in the United States. Now, um, we also have a program called National American Miss, and you might be also familiar with the phrase NAM. In the pageant community, girls say NAM all the time. It's just referring to National American Miss. NAM is a program based on the foundational principle of fostering positive self-image by enhancing natural beauty within. This is another example where um, they actually do not have swimsuit as an area of competition. So NAM is the age range is all the way from young girls all the way up through high school. And there's a lot of different opportunities, different divisions, et cetera. So if you were looking for a good first step in pageantry, National American Miss is a phenomenal program. My sister did it way back in the day. You have so many winners from Miss America and Miss USA that started in National American Miss to gain their confidence, to learn something about pageants, to be comfortable on stage. And it really is a great development program. So the breakdown for NAM is formal wear is 25%. That's basically evening gown. Personal introduction is 25%. So this is a little bit different and we haven't talked about this yet on the podcast, but personal introduction is... You basically go to the front of the stage in front of the mic. You're introducing yourself to the judges, saying your name, your hometown, your state, where they see or where you see yourself in the future or something interesting about yourself. Girls might say, you know, a fun fact, a platform statement, something like that. And in this pageant system, you are judged based off of that. So a couple sentences, they normally put a time limit on it or a sentence limit on it. Um, they want to make sure that the girls can speak effectively they're confident, you're professionally presenting yourself on stage, 
and that that they are judging your public speaking skills in that moment. So personal introduction, 25%. Then also your personal interview is 25%. So that is similar to the other, other competitions that I've mentioned so far. And then your resume is actually 15%. So resume, profile, bio, paperwork, those words in the pageant community all mean pretty much the same thing. The specifications of what you're supposed to put on the paperwork will differ pageant to pageant. So again, read the website. There's probably a download link that you can um, take to your computer or an outreach email or phone number that you can call to get the specifications for the specific resume or paperwork that they want for that pageant system. So it's not a one size fits all with paperwork 100%. Uh, just like if you're competing or not competing, you're applying for a job, you don't want the same resume as every single other person. Like that, there's not one standard for that. Same thing in pageants. So don't be intimidated by that, but you need to know the rules of the game. So your paperwork qualifies. And if it's a pageant system like NAM, where you're actually judged on it, it's really important to know the differentiators and the categories that you're supposed to fill out. Okay, now we have Miss High School America, which is also Miss Collegiate America and Miss Junior High School America. So there's three different divisions. Juniors, obviously the youngest. High school is high school. Collegiate is college. So the Miss High School America Scholarship Pageant Organization was started in 2009. So it's more recent for the purpose of providing personal and professional opportunities for young women. It is their goal to provide outstanding junior high, high school, and collegiate girls the opportunity to compete in a prestigious national level scholarship pageant. This organization partnered with the Livingston Foundation and has awarded over $500,000 in cash scholarships to the national winners over the last 10 years. Each national winner is awarded a prize package totaling over $100,000 in scholarships, travel, wardrobe, photo shoots, and prizes each year. So for this pageant system, I wanted to go a little bit more into the prize package because I feel like it's a little less known than some of the other ones that I have talked to so far. You might be listening to this and you're like, that's the one I competed in. I don't know the other ones. Great. I'm, I'm, I, I love that girls have different experiences in all these different pageants, but I think this system is so cool just because of the opportunities that it actually provides for its girls. And they're really upfront about like the categories that the girl wins. And so you have three new pageant women every single year. You have the high school America, the collegiate America and junior high school America winner. So you have three sisters right out of the gate that your sister title holders um, when you win the national pageant, which I think is really, really, really cool. Now, this pageant system does focus a lot on service. And so after speaking to our Nebraska title holders and girls who have competed in this system, you really have to work hard on your community service, your hours, doing different things. And they're not just going to pick the girl who's the prettiest. It's the girl who's the most well-rounded, who can compete in every single area, who interviews really well and has a lot to give to the community for the cause that they care about. So the phases of competition for this pageant are interview, 40%, evening gown, 40%, fashion and runway, 20%. That's for junior high. And also for Collegiate America. Um, and then also for High School America. So it's the same for all three of those phases of competition. Okay. Then we have the Miss United States pageant. The Miss United States pageant celebrates intelligent women of all walks of life. Their system is based on a solid commitment to uphold the standards of fairness and integrity. It prides itself in providing an avenue for each young woman to give a voice to those 
needing to be heard, lend a hand to those less fortunate, and to be a compass for those daring to dream. At the local, state, and national level, the United States national pageants give women the opportunity to promote a platform of community service. Featuring eight divisions, this is why I'm reading this straight from the website, because it literally has eight divisions. So if you are looking for another pageant that I need to dip my toes in, this is a great way to start because with Little Miss preteen, junior team, team Miss, Ms, Miss, woman, and Mrs., there definitely is a division for you if you are looking to switch systems or just dip your toes into pageants. So United States national pageants are recognized as the premier event of its kind and the largest pageant system for girls and women ages eight um, and up in all 50 states, the District of Columbia and five U.S. territories. So this pageant system spans into every aspect of the United States and it is with four, eight and up. So whether you're a missus, you're a mom, you're a grandma, like you can compete. And I think that's pretty cool that they have so many different so many different um, systems for, or different divisions for different walks of life and different women. And the categories are private interview, swimsuit and sportswear, evening gown, and then onstage questions. So pretty similar to the four categories that you will find in every pageant system. Now, there are two big ones that I have not mentioned so far, and that is Miss America's Outstanding Teen and Miss Teen USA. I talked about Miss USA, which again goes to Miss Universe and Miss America, but they both have a teen program. And traditionally, the teen program for both of these organizations is about 13 to 18 or 13 to 19, depending on your state and the um, national organization. So teen could mean literally like you just finished eighth grade, are you 13 in eighth grade, to freshman in college. So when it comes to teen pageants, it's really important to speak to where you're at in life and try and not be somebody that you're not, right? A 13-year-old doesn't need to act 19, and certainly a 19-year-old should not be acting 13 years old. But the phases of competition are similar to Miss. It's just more tasteful with a teen concept. So if the Miss participates in swimsuit, like the USA system, the teen will do fitness. So rather than being in a bikini, they'll be in a sports bra and leggings and do a fitness routine. So normally it's like muscle man, have to do push-ups um, for MAO or Miss America Outstanding Teen. And then for USA Teen, they just walk in a sports bra and leggings. For MAO Teen, they do a whole fitness routine like I was talking about. So it's a little bit different, but definitely more on the nose for teen. And a pageant system should never make a teenager do something that is definitely more miss in vibe. And swimsuit is the most common area where you see that um, contrast. So if the miss is competing in swim, a lot of times the teen will either take it out, remove that phase of competition, or they'll be in a sports bra and leggings. And it's just obviously more tasteful because they're more covered up. Okay. So whew, as I take a breath, we just went over a ton of different uh, pageant systems. Oh, I have one more before I forget. So we also have the Miss America Volunteer Organization. Now, remember I was talking about how my year of Miss America, they actually changed the structure of the elements of competition. So they removed swimsuit. Well, long story short, there's a history that you can read on the internet and all of that. But long story short, the OG Miss Americas were like, well, we kind of liked the old version. And so a new pageant system was born two years ago. It's called Miss America Volunteer. So it's structured the exact same way as the old Miss America. 
pretty much, where you have swimsuit, personal interview, evening gown, talent, and onstage questions. So they don't do the pitch that Miss America has now thrown in as another phase of competition. So that pageant system is being held in Tennessee because that is the main driver of um, the birthplace of the new organization. And they have teen and Miss titles, similar to Miss America. And now, from now on, they're actually making every score equal. So it's um, the same percentage for every element of competition. So 25, 25, 25, 25. And then the onstage question is treated as kind of a final conversation. So a little bit different. Megan and I went to that pageant last year and were really blown away that the very first time that they had a national pageant, it was at that caliber. So I really encourage girls to do that pageant. It might be newer um, in title and in everything, but the people running it have their head on their shoulders really, really well, and they're just good people. So I certainly enjoyed attending that pageant system, and I encourage you to dive into their website and get some more information if that feels like the vibe that you want to go for. Maybe you're a dancer or a singer and you're like, I love performing, might be a good choice, or Miss America if you like a little bit more public speaking added with that. So, okay, now I swear I'm done. I know that was a little longer than I anticipated, but there's a lot to talk about when it comes to different pageant systems. So, I hope that this was extremely helpful for those of you watching. I literally planned like 18 pages of notes for this. You know me, I always over plan every single one of my podcasts because there's so much that I could share. And I just want you guys to feel super prepared for the next pageant that you do compete in. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, I've done USA my whole life and now I want to try X pageant because I learned a little bit about it. I talked to the current title holder and she's super nice. She's talked to me about it. Great. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I've literally never done a pageant before, Allie. I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, hopefully this gives you a basis and a foundation for where to begin. What is a pageant? What are the areas of competition? And what is a little bit more about that pageant history? So go through this. If you have to listen to it more than once, that's totally fine. But we're here to support you guys. And if you have any questions about anything that we went over in this podcast, feel free to DM us on Instagram. We're always there to answer your questions. And we just want every single woman listening to this to find a pageant system that makes you feel confident, makes you feel beautiful, and really sees you for you, your skills, your talents, and the wonderful way that you were made. So that's all I have for you guys. I will see you on the next episode of the Powerhouse Podcast for our pageant newbie series. See you later, guys. Hey, guys. Coach Megan here. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. We're so honored to have you wherever you are, near or far away from the great metropolis of Omaha, Nebraska, where we are from. We are so proud to be your virtual coaches. If you could just share this with a friend that you feel like needs to hear this today, give us a five-star review if you haven't already. And click that link below in our show notes. We promise we are the nicest people and we'd love to meet you. And we'd love to figure out if you're a good fit for our programs or make a suggestion for a different coach, different consultant, different person that's a professional in their field that can help you. We're not territorial about needing to coach every person in the world. We just want you to find your right fit so that you can make your dreams come true and unlock the winner within you. Anyways, just wanted to encourage you guys in that today. Again, leave us a review, DM us um, on Instagram at any of our handles. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.